stay standing. We're just going to pray. Uh, Holy Spirit, we thank you for, for what you're doing in this service, this 10-15 service on, on, the, on the 11th of Feb, 2019. Lord God, I thank you that you have an agenda. Lord God, you have something to impart into this service. And I thank you for the opportunity to be able to carry that. Lord God, I pray that you would, you would, uh, you would anoint my words, my, this message that I'm going to bring this morning to be powerful, to impact people's lives. Uh, we give you all of the praise and all of the glory. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, why don't you take a seat? Uh, before I get started, I just want to thank Pastor Sam and Kay for the opportunity again to, uh, to come and speak. Um, I don't know if you know them, but they're big believers in people. Um, and Kate and I would only have had the opportunity to, uh, to run the, the young adults for the last three years if they had believed in us. Um, so we want to thank you for that. And there's a lot of people in your life that say they believe in you. Like I've, got, I've had bosses that believe in me before, but they're checking on what I'm doing every 30 seconds. I'm going, oh, do you really believe in me? <laughs> but, but Sam and Carolina really believe in people. So uh, we thank you for that. Um, and we're really excited for what Jared and Nicola are going to bring. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've met them before, but um, they carry an authority in the spirit, yeah. um, which doesn't just happen. So there's been a lot of time spent on their knees, um, seeking the face of God, um, not just the hand of God, um, that allows them to carry this authority, to carry both creative and um, young adults. So we're really excited for those guys. We love them a lot. Yeah. Very good. Well... Um, we've talked about conference a lot um, this morning, um, and the reason we talk about it a lot is because I've been to a lot of conferences, and this one was really, really special. Um, there's something that God's speaking into this generation, um, which is, is very powerful, very impacting, and um, I remember on the, we've had, we had Pastor Banning and Pastor John Cameron, who both carry, um, they run large churches, run large ministries, and um, on Thursday night, sat down, ready, preparing myself for the word, and Pastor Banning came out and he started to speak and I got about 15 minutes in and went, uh, have you been reading my notes or um, is this, have you, uh, have, you, have you somehow hacked into my computer to be able to pull uh, the, the crux of what I'm going to say this morning? Um, I assume that that's not the case. So if that's not the case, then the Holy Spirit must be talking. Yeah. Um, so um, the, the title of my message this morning is uh, just The Calling. Um, and in this, in this room, we've got a lot of people who have made decisions for Jesus, um, who have put their hand up and said, yes, I want to know more about that. I want to be, uh, uh, I accept salvation. Um, and the, the question that I always ask is, is what happens next? Um, and the, the question of what happens next is a big one because um, it's very easy to accept salvation. Salvation is free and it's the most amazing thing you'll ever do with your life. Um, but God requires something of us once we become, once we become Christians. Um, because the way that I see it, if... If we weren't expected to do anything, then we would get saved and then, then we'd get a golden ticket and we'd go straight into heaven yeah. and we'd join the rest of the saints and yeah. we'd all have a great party and then we'd move on. But because that doesn't happen, yeah. it suggests to me that we're all supposed to do something while we're still here. Yeah. Um, um, in, the, in the book of Philippians, um, Paul's speaking and he says, I press toward the goal of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And that's, that's the charge for all of us who are, who are Christians, who are all brought into the ministry, which is... Um, being a Christian. Um, and I love the first half of that, um, that phrase, which says, I press towards the goal, because there's emotion in that phrase. It's not just, yeah, I, so. I am in my call, it's I press towards the goal of the call. Yeah. Um, if, it was just, if it was just a stationary moment, it'd be like, when I get up in the morning, um, I, I change from my pajamas into my 
my church clothes and I go, all right, I am now in my church clothes. I'm not pressing towards my church clothes. I am now in my church clothes. But that's not what it says here. It says that it's something that we work towards and we, and we press towards. And that, that press is a, it has a lot of power in that word. It's like, it's something that you have to work for. Um, in, in the Bible, right at the very start, um, we see Abraham. And he was, he was, he was impacted by God. He was, um, he was contacted by God uh, at the age of 70. Um, and it's through him that we have the covenants that we now live under. So... Um, the promises, have all, they all started through the, the bloodline of Abraham. But God spoke with him first when he was 70, um, and then he made his first covenant where he said, Abraham, I want you to move into the promised land at the age of 75. Um, and then the next thing we see in the story is him basically saying, God saying to, to Abraham, I'm going to give you a son, and that's going to be the generations. That's the age of 95, so that's, that's, that's 20 years later. And then he's not tested on that until the age of 115 where where we see the final part of that story, I suppose, where, where God says, I want you to sacrifice that back to me. Um, and he tests, he tests Abraham's heart. Um, and and when, when Abraham shows that he's, he's willing to lay down that thing that God gave him, then he says, all right, now I can make a proper covenant with you. Wow. And that's where we find the bloodline of Jesus that comes out of that moment. Wow. Um, but but there's, there's time that takes place in between for God's first contact and when Abraham is tested in that ultimate test. And, and what I would say is that if, if, what I believe is that if Abraham had been tested at the age of 70 when he was already a man of God, uh, the Bible says that he was a man after God's heart, um, if he'd been tested with that level of test at the age of 70, I don't know if he would have been able to do it because it's, it's through the journey of, of being told, um, listen, I want you to go somewhere where you don't know where I'm sending you, I'm just telling you go. And he's, him seeing God's provision and his grace through that journey... Um, so he, he grows in his faith and he grows in his relationship with God over, the, over that time so that when he's ultimately tested, um, he's, able to be, he's able to carry that thing that God's got for him. So, so what, I suppose what I'm saying is um, the, the, the call of God is dynamic. Um, when, when, I, when I was a child, um, the expectation that was on my life was very, very low. Um, I'm expected to, uh, to ask for things. I'm expected to cry. Um, and as I... <laughs> And as I grow into a toddler, I'm expected to walk. I'm expected to maybe do a couple of things for myself. But as we go through life and as we grow, the expectation and the maturity grows around us so that when, when we get to, to be an adult, we can, we can lead our family um, successfully. And when we become a grandparent, we can have the wisdom to be able to teach our children how to, how to lead their families. And then those families can lead their children and those children then grow. And it's this, this dynamic thing. So this morning, I just want to—I want to un, unpack two key parts um, to this the calling. As I said, it's, it's simple. I couldn't find any more points, um, so you'll have to just bear with my two. Um, um, and my two points are purification and purpose. Um, and it's—it's it's my personal belief that you can do—you can do your purpose without going through purification, um, but you won't be as effective as you should be. Um, and you can do, but you can't do purification without outworking your purpose um, because because purification comes from a closeness with God um, which we'll get to shortly um, whereas I can I can I can do a job um, without being close to God I can be up here and I can I can play in the worship team and I can sing um, to my heart's content I can play the notes I know the a minor C F G and I can just play through it but if I if I haven't gone through the 
the, the purification of my soul and my spirit, it's just chords. It's just, it's just music. Um, we, see this, we see this model in the Bible where we've got the disciples who, who are a ragtag bunch, really. They were a, I, I, I don't know if you're the same as me, but when I read the Bible, I have a tendency to, uh, to elevate people on a pedestal where I go, these people were, these people were as holy as Jesus. Uh, they, were, they, were in, they, were, they were engaged by God and they were like, God, whatever you require of me, I'll, I'll take it. And they're immediately into their call and immediately impacting the world. But there's, when we look at the disciples, there were 12 disciples, um, and it lists a few of their professions, but in my mind, I go, if you're looking for the most qualified people, you go, all right, I'm going to go into the synagogues, I'm going to grab a couple of rabbis, I'm going to grab some of the Levites, some of the, some of the worshippers, and I'm going to bring them together for this journey. But what we actually see is Jesus goes and he calls a bunch of fishermen, he calls a tax collector who was hated by society because they were immoral, um, and he calls a zealot, which is basically a politician, um, and their, their goal was to overthrow the Roman government. So, so there are all these people who are very, very rough, but they spend time with Jesus, and Jesus imparts something in their life, and over the course of their life, and over the course of what we see in the Gospels, um, these people make mistakes. These people are not perfect. Um, we see Peter cutting off the ear of a, one of the Roman soldiers right just before Jesus is going to the cross. And I go, if that doesn't show a bad character trait, um, then I don't know what does. And, and you've got to remember, that's, that's just before Jesus is um, crucified. So he's, all of the character stuff that he's had built up, he still does that. And it makes me feel better that when my, uh, when my kids wake me up in the morning and I eat them for breakfast because I don't want to wake up yet, I go, well... Uh, maybe, maybe, I'm a, maybe I'm still doing okay. Maybe God can still love me. <laughs> but you see, you see that the disciples built an intimacy with Jesus um, over their life, which allowed them to become the disciples of God. Um, so, so my first point, which I'm just going to jump into in a second, is, is purification, which I think carries a lot of weight, and it's, it's the foundational cornerstone of what I'm going to speak about this morning. Um, the, the sub, I suppose the subtext to my, um, to my point of purification is, who am I becoming? Because one thing that I've learned in life is often who I'm becoming is more important than what I'm doing. Um, I, have a, I have a lot of opportunities in my life to do a lot of things. Um, um, I've been blessed with a, a, a skill set. I was going to say a certain set of skills, but that's, you know, I'm going to have Liam Neeson playing in my head all morning. <laughs> I've, I've got skills, I've got gifts, I've got talents. Um, which would allow me to do a lot of things, but if I, if I just jump at every opportunity that arises, I'm going to potentially miss the thing that I should be doing. Um, so I look, at, I look at what God's done in my life through, through being uh, strategic and going, well, standing in the presence of God and saying, what should I be doing in this moment? Because God's always trying to build something in your life. Um, everything that you read in the Bible, God's trying to build something to, to allow us to be healthy Christians. Um, and in the book of First uh, Peter, it says, um, but you are a chosen generation. Um, and I could stop right there. And if you don't know that this morning, I just want you to know that you are a chosen generation. It's got the word are in italics in my Bible because it's significant and it's important that you realize that, that you're not just anybody. Um, you're, just, you're not just, just another person, yeah. but you are a chosen generation. Yeah. Um, you're here this morning not because you chose to be here, you chose to be here. Yeah. You, you chose to be here because God intended for you to be yeah. here this morning. 
And then it goes on, it says, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light, who once were not a people, but now are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honourable amongst the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, um, that's very important, <laughs> um, glorify God in the day of visitation. And I go, that's amazing, my life does not look like that. I go, every day I wake up and every day I make mistakes, every day, every day that I live, I've Maybe I yell at my wife, maybe I yell at my kids, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I look at Dave VDP and I go, he's just got all of the muscles, why didn't I get any of those? Um, and, I, and I'm jealous of him for that. But, and, and I miss the, the fullness of what God's got for me. So I go, if, if this is what God says about me, that must be who I'm supposed to be. Um, so, so just really practically this morning, maybe not the muscles, um, <laughs> the, the question is how do we get there? Um, and I always used to say this phrase um, that, and, and this is the banker coming out of me again, oh, I see things in formulas, I see things in equations. Um, I used to say that time in presence equals change, which is, which is a part truth, but it's not the, it's not the fullness of, um, uh, of the story because change doesn't just happen. And, and if we think back to the disciples, um, there were 12 disciples and one of those disciples was actually Judas. So Judas was in God's presence 24-7. That was the way that they lived their life. Um, Jesus was a rabbi, and in that, there was a, it was almost like an apprenticeship structure where um, you, you went around with a rabbi, the rabbi taught you everything that you know, or that they know, um, and then they send you out, but you basically live in. So Judas was in the presence of Jesus, more in, in the physical presence of Jesus, more than we'll ever be, um, but he still fell because he, he didn't catch something about who Jesus was. Um, so I've, I've reworked the, fr- the, uh, the equation, um, and it's intentional time in presence equals progress. Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, change isn't just an event, change is a progress, it's a process that, yeah. that, we, under, that we undertake, and we have to allow that to happen. Yeah. Um, and this is, this is really f- real for me, um, personally. Um, I, as many of you may know, I grew up in church, um, I had the privilege of, um, of having Christian parents. Um, I actually grew up in this domina- denomination, so um, COC for life, um, <laughs> slash INC now. Um, and we were, we were the super Christian kids. So our parents, um, they did a great job of instilling biblical values and biblical uh, knowledge and foundation in us from a very young age. Um, everything that we were, uh, all, of the, all of the media that we had in our house was Christian media, so we had, um, uh, we had tapes with, with, with Christian um, kids programs, we had Christian books, um, so we, we learned a lot from a very young age, and we're, I'm very fortunate um, to have that. Um, uh, in fact, in, in Sunday school, we were the kids that knew everything. Yeah, I don't know if, if anybody's ever been to Sunday school, or, um, but uh, we were the kids that, when the test came, um, we, we knew what was going on. Um, we, we used to have this, uh, this stuff called monkey money in my, in my uh, uh, youth group growing up, or in, in Sunday school. And basically, you'd be sent away with homework, you'd have to learn the scripture, you'd have to learn the order of the Bible. And if you came the next week, you got your monkey money, and then you'd save it all up, and then you'd go and you'd buy some toy. Um, and the more monkey money that you earned, the, more, the better the thing you could buy. Um, so we were, we were rolling in monkey money. 
Um, <laughs> and now I'm a banker. But go, go figure. <laughs> but as I, as I grew up, um, I, had, I had such a great knowledge of the things of God. But um, as, I, as I got th- past that age of, um, of accepting everything that I was told, and I started to move into my teenage years, um, I didn't have the right people around me. Um, I didn't have people apart from my parents speaking into my life. Those, my peers around me were, were, were not speaking positive things into my life. So as I grew up, I started to question things, and I didn't have the answers. And so I started to go down a path that was, that was not healthy for me, and it was not healthy for the people around me. Um, and just by the way, these were the people that were in church that hadn't had the same foundational teaching as me. Um, but I just, I, just, I just went along because I wanted to be cool. Um, and in my, in my late teens, I started to get into, into drugs and started to get into alcohol. And I remember, I remember sitting in church, one of, my, one of my low moments is I was sitting in church on a Sunday afternoon um, in the PM service, high as a kite in the back row, just, just waiting for it to be over <laughs> and going, hopefully nobody realises well, the situation that I'm in. And, and like it's, it, it, it's, it's sort of funny to listen to now, but I go, that's a, that's a, that's a grave situation for me to be in, that I've, I've taken all of this, I've thrown it away, and I've gone, I'm, I'm, I'm giving away all of that stuff that I've known for, for the, um, just because just I want to be cool, because I want to be accepted um, by, by the peers around me. Um, and, and by the grace of God, I remember um, the, the thing that pulled me back into line, I remember... Um, being being in a party on a uh, on a Saturday night before church um, the next day, and and just oh, I was still on team. I was playing in the worship team. Um, so just because just because you're on team doesn't mean you're in the call of God. Just because just because you're on team doesn't mean that you're that you're growing in the things of God. It just means you're doing a job, which is important. Don't get me wrong. It's important to do a job. Um, but if you're but if you're not spending the time to get to know God, you're just doing a job. Um, so. Anyway, I'm at this party on a Saturday night, and I'm on drums the next morning, and um, people notice I'm not drinking, and they're like, what are you doing? Like, you're not, you're not partying, you're not getting into it. Uh, I, I just remember saying, oh, well, I've got, I've got to play at church in the morning, so I'm just trying to keep myself uh, in, in a good way. And the, and the phrase that they said to me was, what's somebody like you doing with people like us? And I remember clearly the Holy Spirit dropping into my spirit, yeah, what are you doing here? Like, and going... And I, I just remember that being a turning point where I'm going, listen, I'm, I've got to make a choice here. Um, who am I going to be? Who am I becoming? Who are the decisions that I'm making in my life, where are they going to end me up? Um, because because then, then, my, then my upbringing comes in and I go, I know all this stuff. Like, I know what I'm doing is not right. But because I don't have that relationship, because I don't have those people around me that are pulling me up constantly, um, I'm, 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 I'm all over the place. Um, so... What's, what's really important is to, to engage with God from a heart level. Yeah. Because if I can impress anything this morning, it's that there's no entrance exam into heaven. Yeah. God's not going to be sitting there checking your theology. There's people who know yeah. more theology than me. There's people that know, know more theology than anybody you can't come into contact with in the, well, 99% of the people you're going to come into contact with in church life. But if, they don't, but if they're not approaching it with, with that heart revelation of who Jesus is, um, it's, it's, it's only a part truth. And, that, and, and, and the knowledge of God doesn't set you free. It's, a, it's an encounter with God, and it's, it's, a, it's a turning back to Jesus. Yep, right. So, in, so in, in practical application, what does this look like? I mean, I can, I can talk all day about, yes, you need to be close with God, but how do we get there? 
um, because it's a journey. Um, so, as, as Pastor Sam, this is, this is a subsection A and B of my preach this morning. So I've got, I've got two things which have got three subheadings. <laughs> um, so the first one is intimacy. Um, and intimacy has three parts which all work together. So the first is worship. The second is prayer. And the third is Bible reading. And you need to have all three working in harmony to, to have intimacy with God. Because, because I, can, I, can, um, I can worship all day long. I can, I can sing the songs. I can sing, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. But if I don't know God, if I, if, if I don't know who he is, then I'm never going to connect with a God. I can just, I'm just singing songs about, about something that I've heard somebody else say. Um, if, I, if I don't read my Bible, I'm never going to know who Jesus is. Um, and I think there's such a danger in our social media generation to, to just accept things that we see on Facebook or Instagram. Um, one of my pet peeves is seeing um, catchphrases on Facebook where I go, people have put up this, this phrase for the day which is supposed to uplift me. But I go, well, that's not, that's not scripture. God never said that. And, and we get these touchy-feely things which, which if, if that becomes our doctrine and our theology, as soon as the trouble comes... We're not going to know what to do with ourselves because God said we're going to have trials and testings. God didn't say, um, uh, share this and you're going to, life is going to be blessed. Um, uh, and, so my thir- and my third subheading is prayer because, because prayer is the power of what we do. Um, prayer is our communication with God. Prayer is where we ask God for things and God speaks with us. Um, so if we're not in communication with somebody, you're never going to build a relationship. Um, and if you, don't, if you don't read your Bible you're not going to know what to pray because you could be praying for something that's against Scripture and God's never going to bless that. Um, and worship, if you, don't, if you can do the other two but you just, and you don't have worship, worship, the reason we do worship at the start of the service is because worship positions ourselves to receive from God yeah. because it's saying, God, you are above me. God, I exalt your name. I lift you up. Yeah. And, and from that position of humility, then God goes, okay, I can work with you and I can speak something into your life. Um, and on that worship point, um, Satan's key sin was selfishness and self-righteousness and elevating himself with pride. Yeah. And, and for me, as a worshipper, um, this, this really resonates with me because I go, I can, I can invest in my gift and I can invest in my talent, but if, if who I am is my gift and my talent and I worship that rather than God, um, I'm putting myself in a very dangerous place. Um, so my second, my second subheading under how to do this practicality and intimacy is discipleship. Yeah. Um, and discipleship is um, those people around you um, who are speaking into your life. And I would ask you directly, who's speaking into your life? Um, if the only person speaking to, into your life is the pastor on the platform, then you don't have enough people around you. Yeah. Because uh, the pastor's there to teach you certain things. The pastor's there to, to engage with you on a Sunday and, just, and to rally you. But it's the people who do life with you that will actually impact you, and they'll they'll help you along that growth. Um, it, it says that it says in the Bible that we're to be in the world, but not of the world. And I go, if if I'm only if I'm only um, engaging with somebody else on a Sunday, then one seventh of my time is engaging with somebody who's speaking life into my life. And and it's the it's the people who are around you that will help you through those trials and testings. Um, I think it was Pastor Banning, it might have been Pastor John, um, over the weekend was talking about community and it was just a, it was a powerful message um, about how we, we're built to, to function in community. Yeah. Um, you're never going to be good at everything. Yeah. 
you're never going to have the call of your life to do everything that's involved in a church. Um, We have amazing leaders, but they can't run this church without people. If they were just up here uh, preaching to people who were just coming in off the street, that would be amazing. Some people might get impacted. Some people might, might react to the emotional call of God and the thing that the Holy Spirit's speaking into their life. But if there's nobody there discipling them throughout the week, it's, 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 like, the, it's like the seed that falls on the wrong soil. Um, as, soon as, as soon as somebody comes along that, um, that, uh, that disagrees with the things of God, if, if they don't have somebody who's a mature Christian speaking into your life, then, then you're going to believe anything. Um, and this is, for me, this is the most painful part of the intimacy process. Um, I hate being told what to do. I hate it when people pull me up on things. <laughs> but, and, and, and how I react to that has, become, has been a journey. It's, it's one of those things you have to learn how to do because nobody wants to be told what to do. Nobody wants to be told, listen, that was, that's, that's not how we do things here. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> but, but if we want to step into the fullness of what God has for us, we need to get character right. Because it's the character that will sustain you in the calling of God. So with all of that said, let's talk about what we're supposed to do. Um, so my second point is purpose, and it's what are you going to do? Um, and, and the Bible says that we're here to bear fruit. Um, in the book of John, it says, uh, Jesus speaking, says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Yeah. And I have, I, have a couple of, uh, I have a couple of branches from my, uh, from my garden. Oh, this one's got giant spikes in it, so I'm just being careful. So these are, these are, you may not know, and you definitely probably wouldn't pick it up from looking at it, but these are from the same tree. These are from my lemonade tree at home. Uh, which is just like, it's like a lemon, but it's, it's a lot sweeter. It's delicious, but it does taste like solo. It's, it's the most amazing fruit we've got. Um, but um, you haven't heard of a lemonade because that, that species of fruit um, isn't, it doesn't exist. It's, a, it's, a, it's, like, a, it's like a modified fruit that um, somebody has come and they've spliced a few things together. And the way that they do that is um, through a process called grafting. So what they do is they'll take, they'll take uh, say, a, a lemon tree and they'll, they'll find a, a healthy orange tree, they'll cut the bran- uh, one of the branches off the orange tree, they'll cut a branch off the lemon tree, and then they'll strap the, the lemon tree to the orange tree. And what it does is, um, the, then the, the goodness of that orange tree transfers into the lemon tree, and, and you, get, um, all sorts, you, get a, you get a hybrid type fruit. Um, and there's a, there's a picture we're gonna chuck on the, up on the screen of, of where, the, where you can take this. And this is, this is one plant. Um, so, so you've got, looks like something like black grapes, you've got um, limes, you've got something that looks like a strawberry, but it's definitely not a strawberry because it's on a tree. Um, but you've got, you've got this environment where the, you've got one tree and, and all of these different fruits uh, are growing on the one tree, which has come from a healthy, healthy root stock, they call it. And, and this, is such a, this is such a picture of... of the, the body of Christ, who we are as a community, um, that we're, we're not all here to be the same person. We're not all here to do the same thing. And if you're, if you're standing here in, in church going, I'm, I'm growing in the things of God and this is what I've got, but I don't look like that person over there, you're going to miss the call of God on your life. Um, because comparison is like the worst thing that you can do. 
If you're comparing your stage in a journey without knowing somebody else or knowing what they've gone through to get to where they are, or most importantly, where they started. Um, if you're doing that, then, then you can be discouraged um, and you can become bitter. Um, so yeah, when a, when a branch is grafted, it may, it may be, look different, but the life comes from the rootstock, which is, which is Jesus. Um, and, and we look in the Bible and we see, we see the heroes of the faith. We see like the Davids, the Pauls, the Abrahams of the, of the world. And we think that that's the goal. That's where we're supposed to all obtain. Um, but, for every, but for every David, Paul and Abraham, there's, there's, there's heaps and heaps of supporting characters in the Bible who just get, who just get a small mention. Um, you, may not, you may not know this to look at me, but a few years ago, um, I started going to the gym. This is, this is where I ended up. Um, so, <laughs> look at all this. <laughs> um, but I'm not an athlete, uh, as you may have picked up. I'm a musician, just pretending. I'm a white boy muso, just trying to, just trying to move something. Um, but I had a mate who I used to go to the gym with, and he's, he's very large. He's a, he's a big guy. He now... Um, he now does CrossFit and he deadlifts like 250 kilos. And we used to go to the gym together and we would do the same workout. So on, on the days where, where we had to lift stuff, I was like the weakling, just, I'm, just trying to, I'm just trying to move the bar, to be honest. But three times a week we would do cardio. And he's trying to move this bulk for a 10K run. And I would blitz him I would, every day of the week. I would outrun him, I would outpace him. Um, because we're different makeup, we're different people, we're supposed to do different things. His body was designed to move things, my body was designed to think and run equations. And, and that's, that's, that's funny, but, but if I spend my life going, I want to be an athlete, because I think that it would be really cool to be an athlete, and if I ignore my gift set, and I ignore my talents, and I ignore what, what my genetic makeup is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down the path of being an athlete, I'm going to frustrate myself, and I'm going to be... I'm going to be somewhere middle of the road. I'm going to be subpar, and nobody's not nobody's going to know who I am. And if my mate tried to tried to work in the bank, he he doesn't have the same head as me. So if he if he tried to do what I do, then he's going to lose money. <laughs> um, and and I'll just say, not everybody's supposed to be a pastor, but it, you're called to something. Um, you're you're supposed to do your part, and and. I would say don't despise what's in your hand just because it's a just. Everything starts as a seed. And a, and a seed, if you don't water it, it'll always be a seed. It'll never grow. It'll never go anywhere. And it'll miss out on its potential. But in the right environment, a seed will grow and it will produce fruit. Um, and for my mind, greatness is something that we're all called for. We're all called as Christians to be great in the kingdom of God. But greatness looks different for everybody. And and for me, greatness is, is, is finding what it is that you're supposed to do and then doing it with all of your might. Because if we're, if we're all doing what we're supposed to be doing with all of our might, then we can function as a community and as a body of Christ. Um, the Bible says that we are the body of Christ, we're the hands and the feet to go and, and outwork His calling. Um, and if a part of the body isn't functioning correctly, then the body doesn't work. So if, if I'm... If, if something happens to me today and I lose, if I lose my eyes and I can't see where I'm going, I can't drive, I can't, I can't find people effectively. If, if I can't speak, then nobody will hear what I have to say. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a terrible saying that says, um, preach and if, um, if necessary, use words. I think it's just the worst saying in the world because, because nobody is going to look at you and go, 
Jesus loves me. Jesus has a plan for my life. There's a, there's a calling on my life that I, I need to go to church on Sunday. Nobody's getting that from looking at you. They might look at your behavior and go, listen, I, I, I really respect who you are and I respect what you've built in your life. I love your character. But until you speak, there's no invitation. Until you speak, there's no revelation. Until you speak, people don't get set free. Nothing happens until you actually do something. Um, and, and, and when I was pondering on this, um, uh, God, I, I felt God speak to me and he said that an arm is not an arm and your face is not your face. Um, because to speak, it actually requires a hundred separate muscles working in unity to be able to, to, to do what we speak with emotion, with, with clarity. So, if, so there's, it's not like people say, I want to be, I'm, I'm designed to be the, 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 the mouthpiece of God. So I'm a preacher, I'm here, to, I'm here to tell you what you need to do. But if, but if there's not other people speaking into my life, and there's not other people who are, who are getting around me to, to uh, enable me to form, wow. to be able yeah. me to, to, to hear from God, to be able to experience things, if, there's, if that doesn't happen, then nobody can speak. Yeah. So, so if, you're, if you're sitting there, there going, um, well, what, what am I supposed to do? Um, the first thing I would say is, what are you gifted in? Um, most of us should be able to look at our lives and go, all right, this is what I'm naturally good at doing. Maybe what you're naturally do- good at doing is, is meeting new people and talking with new people. That's not my gift. If, if, you, if you get stuck in a conversation with me and I don't know you, I apologize for that. I'm, I'm just not good at that. <laughs> I'm, I'm good at maybe the third or fourth conversation. Um, maybe, your, maybe your gift is catering for people. Maybe it's, maybe it's hosting people in your home. Maybe your gift is intercessory prayer. And if you're, if and if, if we get you around people, you're going to be awkward like me, and you're just going to, uh, I don't know what to do next. But, but we, the, the church doesn't function without intercessory prayer. Can I tell you now? Um, and if you're an intercessor in the in the house, I thank you for that. Um, and, but if you don't know what you're good at, then do something. Go to the yes desk. There's a there's a team there who would love to uh, find a life group for you. Find find something for you to do, and don't be afraid to do that because what you may do. And what you'll probably do if somebody just assigns you something to do is you'll find 10 things that you're not good at and then you'll get to the 10th thing and you'll go, yeah, this is me. This is what I can do. This is my part. So don't be discouraged just because you don't know what it is that you're supposed to be doing at this moment. So my, my two points today have been purpose and purification. And if, if, I could just, if I could just close on this, I've got these two branches. I cut these off. I cut these off last night. I cut these out of my garden. I was like, I need these in the morning, and I don't want to forget them. Um, and they, they, look, they look pretty good. They look pretty good. These are, these are high-quality branches because I, I water my tree quite nicely. But what are these branches going to look like tomorrow? What are they going to look like the next day? They may still be green. In a week from now, what's that branch going to look like? Is it still going to be green? Is it going to be lush? In a month from now, I'm going to have a stick, and nobody's going to be able to identify what, that, what tree that came from, what it's supposed to do, or they're not going to be able to identify that that ever had fruit hanging from it. And, and what I would say is, the, the Bible says that Jesus is the vine and we're the branches. If we cut ourselves off from that which brings us life, then after a while, you might look good for a little while. You might, you might look like you have some health. Actually, this is not the best one. This is the spiky one. <laughs> you, might, you might look like you're lush. You might have, look like you've got no problems. But after a while, the fire of God's going to go. And then, then after a while, you're going you're gonna to question whether you ever heard from God in the first place. Yeah. 
And I, so what I would say is it's so important, and I can't stress enough, to, to get around people who are speaking into your life. Get into community. Um, the, people that, the people that we have, we have amazing life groups in this church. We have amazing pastors. We have amazing people in here that if you're struggling with something, get around somebody. Don't go through things alone. As a, as a church, let's, let's make that our motto, that we don't do things alone. Because if you do things alone, you'll frustrate yourself. And if it's not your gift set to get through, um, why would I do something that I'm not good at when there's somebody right next to me and that's their calling? Maybe, they're, maybe God's positioned them in this season to, to speak into my life because they, God knows what I'm about to go through and he knows that he's going to build something in my life, but I need help. 